0: Connecting with one another. And so I asked Steve if I could share just a little bit more about Lowell O'Brien. And um, what I have here is a little paper that I took from, I have a special file that's called memory file. And over the 40 years we've been here, I've just, when there was an older person, If they said special things, or if there was just memories, even before they transitioned to heaven, I would slip little notes into my folder. Sometimes there'd be a picture they'd send us a picture of themselves in a Christmas card. So the photo that you see on the uh, counter, the office counter of Lowell is one that he sent to us in a Christmas card. And um, when I did the display, it was military. He was a veteran. And so the service that we had out there, I don't know what you call it, the military service, it was moving with his two sons receiving the flag like that. The honor guard that was there. um, And uh, I really liked the younger the two younger men that were a part of that, too. But um, this little note says, when Steve and I visited visited Lowell on his 91st birthday, um, I just took down little notes. He said one thing, he would do daily communion. And he says, oh, I pray, I pray throughout my day But he also said, I always walk. (laughs) And we remember this. When we would visit someone in the hospital, when Lowell was younger like that, he would walk, wouldn't he, Angie? He made his rounds. He'd be walking around the sidewalks there at the hospital. Huh? Ninety-one young, yes. And um, so he'd take his walk, and do his he'd walk the steps of his apartment building. He'd make sure he did that for one half hour each day. So if it was raining outside, he just did more walking inside the building. Uh, let's listen to that. Exercise, right? Then he would shower and have his breakfast. Then he shared his evenings, he would Liked, he liked watching or listening to teachings uh, by Joseph Prince, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, Andrew Womack, and Benny Hinn. And he said lots of other ones, too. He loved the Lord, but he knew how to feed his spirit. There's little mini books in our library That man, more than anyone else that I know of, would repeatedly take a new, if we would get new titles, new books, he would pay for it, take it home, and later he'd talk to me about, that's a really good one. I keep reading it over and over. When we went to visit him in um, the care center in Bagley, he could no longer read the word Um, because his eyes, he needed large print. He had the word. He had it there where he could hold it, and it was large print scriptures. Some personal notes he shared back then on his 91st birthday. He so enjoyed continuing to give his monthly tithe, his monthly building fund, And he said, for the food fund, there was times when instead of giving money, he said if he saw the coffee was getting low in the kitchen, he would buy the big cans of Folgers coffee. And I remember when he was younger, he'd walk in two in each, each bag, and he'd go to the kitchen. Later on, I think Dan and Angie helped bring it to the kitchen. But I want you to know that heart. He knew he was a part here, and he maintained that till the very end. He kept saying, I so wanted to come back after COVID to be in church again. He always sat, is it where you are, Tim, or behind you? Yeah and uh, he would always grab his coffee, he liked his coffee and one of those baked goods. Later when he'd come in a walker, someone always brought him his coffee, brought him his baked good, but his presence, he had a heart that showed he was connected to this body, even when he had not been here for these last number of years. He would still send cards to the church family saying, I miss you. And one last thing, uh, in the foyer, there's a beautiful oval agate table, and I have the note on there. It was one that he and his wife had in their home for many years, and when he moved to a smaller apartment after his wife transitioned to heaven, his son, Jim... Had it in his home. I talked to Jim on Friday, and he said, I I asked dad one time, I said, Do you think I could bring that agate table to the church family to share it with them from you and Marilyn? And so that's his gift to us, and we love that. So there are obituaries on the altar table. And an example again of Lowell, it's so simple. At some point, he asked Jesus to come into his heart. And then he began reading the word, and he became a regular part of the church. He he followed those examples, and so we thank you, Lowell, <laughs> for who you are.
1: Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we feeling today? Good. Yeah. I... I ask my students that sometimes, and I get about the same answer. Oh, good, fine, it's all right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we are um, feeling the joy of the Lord this morning, right? Uh, that worship. Thank you, Tim. It was excellent. Uh, just a few announcements today, a lot of the same things that we have going each week. But uh, first and foremost, uh, after the service today, we have a meal, yay, pre- um, prepared for us by the loving hands of Julie Bush. It's wonderful. Come and uh, fellowship together, eat. Uh, it'll be a good time. Um, and the fish fry that was scheduled for today will be postponed. To uh, do, do, do normal things this week. Um, a big thing is that this week, youth group will be coming back. We've been on a, a break for about a month. Uh, and so now we'll be coming back strong, inviting the students back on Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. We're here. Uh, We play games, we worship together, uh, we talk together about Jesus and who he is in our lives as young people, Uh, and we just invite you, if you know any youth, uh, we welcome newcomers uh, and old comers alike, of course, Uh, and those who are young at heart, if you want to stop in. Uh, All right, I think that's most of the the stuff. Touchpoint on Wednesday, of course, at 9 a.m., and you can see things archived online, of course. And for giving, we have the boxes in the back, as usual. And as we're thinking about our giving, as we're thinking about the blessing of the Lord, I just wanted to read a, uh, a short verse today uh, and just something something very brief that I was thinking about that I, I think is, is worth chewing on for a moment. Um, this is in Numbers 6, uh, 24 through 26, some famous verses that I think we'll recognize once I read them. Um, It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Those are famous, famous words. You've probably heard them before. And I was, I woke up this morning and I was thinking to myself, well, what am I going to say when I get up here today? And these are the, the first words that came to my mind. And I was thinking about that, that idea, the face of the Lord shining upon you. And I found myself thinking about um, one of the first stories in the Bible. Uh, the first story of the Bible talks about how God, um, he goes to the earth, right? And he, he builds it up and he forms what we call... Humanity, right? He forms Adam, the first man. And it says what he does is he comes and he breathes his breath of life into the nose of Adam so that he becomes a living being. And I'm just imagining that to myself. And I like to imagine that the first thing that Adam saw as he opened his eyes for the first time and became a living being was the face of God right beside his, breathing, making and moving him. Uh, talk about a face-to-face encounter with God, right? Um, That first thing that he saw in all the world was the face of his creator looking at him. And as I'm just thinking about that, I guess I would invite all of us to do that today. Imagine your creator right before you as if he's breathing life right into you. What do you see in his eyes today? I think there's Many people who who think that if they came face to face with God, they might see disappointment in his eyes. They think they might see um, sadness. They think they might see anger. Um, But I invite you to look at what his word says about him. What he said at the very beginning when he looked into his creation, he said it was good. And I invite you to imagine that as well for yourself. That he is looking into your eyes face to face, breathing his good life into you. And he's seeing something good in you each and every one of you today. And he's blessing you, and he says, I make my face shine upon you, and I give you life. It is not you who is going to make whatever you need happen this week or this month or this day. It is I who am going to provide for you. It is my blessing that you can rely upon. I am good, and you can depend on me because I made you for something good today. Not next week, not years from now, today, he made something good in you. And so I just invite us to think about that and I just pray, Jesus, <laughs> and thank you so much that your face shines upon us, that you lift your face up and when you see us, we can be filled with your blessing, with your goodness, with your favor, Jesus. And I, <laughs> I am taken aback by that thought. I am humbled by that, and I'm thankful every day that I can look into your face and know your life and your goodness. In your name, Jesus, amen. We invite Andrew Erholtz up here. He's going to be sharing the word with us. Let's give him a, ha- a hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you. Thank you. Oh, I could echo everything that's been said already this morning. It was, did you guys get together and kind of plan to set me up for this, the worship and the Peter and the sharing about Lowell. Oh, my goodness. A couple of uh, housekeeping things. Um, First of all, uh, we mentioned a little bit about behind the scenes. I know there were some challenges this morning like there are, lots of Sunday mornings. Uh, Get involved. We would love to have you help us uh, before the church on Sunday, after church, Uh, Wednesday nights. There's a lot of opportunities to get involved. Uh, build the family of Christ at 10 strike also um, I need your help this morning um, I like polo shirts um, you think this looks okay on me um, my wife Sarah said you know I like the polo shirts it's just that you have a tendency to um, stick my tummy out a little bit sometimes <laughs> has to do with uh, my posture so um, Because I like polo shirts and because I want my wife to look good, I, you know, will have better posture and keep my gut in. So if you see this quite a bit, just kind of give me a little signal and I'll look for you. That means uh, suck in your gut, Andrew. Get some better uh, public speaking habits there. But uh, it was a challenge to find the right clothes for today. Um, Trust I don't have any uh, sticky uppies here. Okay. Okay. People talk to me about uh, sharing a sermon, and what I like to share is a gut-level message. And that's what, God has been so good to me, and if you're gonna ask me to share, um, I'm gonna share what God is doing in my life, and what I believe God is speaking to me, and hopefully that can be helpful to you this morning. I'm so blessed to be a part of this family. Um, A couple uh, other side notes before we get going. I guess the main thing is, I'm a child of God, and we'll, we'll get that up on the screen and we'll keep that as a reminder as we go through this. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people that say, Andrew, I wish people would just say what they mean and mean what they say. Um, where are my people at? Where's the people that just want it right in your face? Just tell me what you think. I won't get offended. Um, I'm glad you didn't raise your hands there, but uh, if I'm going to tell you what I think and you want me to tell you what. I think, then, you know, let's not be offended. Is that good? Uh, Do we still need tact and love for each other? Yes, we do. Okay. My family is known for being honest. My family is not known for tact and gentle ways of saying things. So thank God for my wife of 24 years. Andrew, why did you say that? I was just telling the truth. Yeah, but Andrew... Think about your who's listening, you know. Be more gentle, be more um, sensitive. Um, and then I think, uh, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you have in store for us. We thank you for who you are to us, Lord. We are just a reflection of you. We walk out what you have in store for us. You've created us for a purpose Lord and we want to walk in that purpose, just like Lowell O'Brien. Lord, um, we will uh, follow you until the end, and we will serve you with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Back to being sensitive and what I think about that. I wanted to talk a little about a about, little bit about Minnesota nice. You know that what Minnesota nice is. we live in Minnesota, and I figured out why roundabouts don't work here in Minnesota yesterday. It's because when a lot of people pull up to a roundabout, they stop and wait for everybody else to go by because we're being Minnesota nice. Even if you're late, you pull up to this roundabout because you don't like roundabouts. I got to get going, but there's a spot, there's a spot, but I'm waving people by. And I would just encourage you, let's not Minnesota nice become passive-aggressive. Okay, like don't just hold it in and then blow up at your family because you let everybody else go by in the roundabout. If there's a spot, there's not a stop sign at a roundabout, okay? So if there's a gap, the idea is you fill in that gap and uh, drive like they do down in the metro area, okay? All right, just some knowledge for you. Another, uh, I have a quiz for you real quickly. I have a friend whose uh, name is Lance, and uh, hello, Lance, if you watch this uh, later, uh, he recently had a car that he bought in 2017. A mouse totaled his car. Truth. Can anybody tell me how his car got totaled by a mouse? Wiring. Wiring? Ooh, good, good, very good. Um, the mouse moved into this guy's car, chewed up everything, pooped everywhere, probably chewed up the wiring too destroyed it from the inside and and it's he had to get his his car was totaled he had to get a different car because of a mouse okay you've heard of cars getting totaled by deer but let me encourage you also be careful about what's on the inside okay uh, we come to church and everybody's all clean and wearing their sunday best and i like to joke about You should have saw me half an hour ago and my attitudes and everything getting ready for church. But be careful about what's on the inside. That's what we're going to talk about today. Be who God made you to be. You are a child of God. God was with you in your past when you were born and when you were younger. God is with you today in your present moment right now in the things that you're dealing with today, and thank God he will be with you as you walk into your future. Oh, thank, I'm so excited about what God has in store for each one of us, what he has in store for me, what he has in store for you. We're just full of potential. Um, and you might ask someone, who are you? When you meet someone for the first time, what do you do? And a lot of people wrap up their identity in what they do for work. If God gave you a job, you're an employee. You go up to someone and they might say, I'm a baker, I'm a trucker, I'm a pastor. Is that a part of your identity? Okay. Uh, If God gave you children, you're a parent, as long as your children are living, as long as you're living. If God gave you a spouse, you're a husband, you're a wife. If God gave you a friend, you are a friend. And a lot of people think about how can I be better at who God made me to be? Um, As long as at least one of my parents is living, I am a son, and that is a part of my identity. We are a lot of things. Do these things that I just explained, um, are they... Do they define who you are? Um, does that form your identity? What if your life circumstances change? What if your career changes and you're no longer a baker? What if there's a change in your family? There was a change in my family. I lost both of my parents, and I know I'm not alone. But I'm no longer a son. I'm a son-in-law, thank God. Um, but Life changes, and if your identity is wrapped in up in your circumstances, be careful. I'm going to talk to you about your core identity, what really matters. Um, do the things around us change who we are? Today, in our culture, our identity is being challenged. Were you born female? How do you identify? Mm, Not gonna get into that one today. Anything can become an identity. But again, what really matters? What is at the core? I think you know what the answer is. (sighs) I'm a child of God. Hallelujah! Now, if you want to make a big deal about who you are, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, let me use this as an example. I'm not going to say this doesn't apply to me. You could go around and you could say, I'm a slob. I'm a slob. I'm messy. You know, I'm, I, I'm smelly. I, I leave stuff everywhere. Um, I don't really care about, you know, organizing things because I'm a slob. Thank God for my wife who is organized. You can pray for her because she has to live with a slob because I'm a slob. And, and if you say that to everybody you talk to and everybody knows, oh, Andrew, yeah, he's a slob, okay, pretty soon I'm going to find other people like, Andy, Andrew, I can identify with you. I'm a slob too. And so then we can, oh, yeah, pray for our wives, ha, ha, ha. You know, we're such slobs and... And those things can become excuses. Those things can become enabling. If, if that's your identity, uh, God bless your spouse. But the, do you see, what, anything we, we choose can be, I, I'm, I'm organized. I'm the most organized person I know. I'm, you know, I got everything figured out. And, you know, I know what's planned for today. I know what's planned for tomorrow. Uh, don't talk to me about being spontaneous. i got to make sure I can fit it into my schedule. You know, if we're going to go on vacation, you know, we're going to have to plan six months ahead of time so we can get everything organized. I'm not necessarily talking about my wife. But um, the point is, some people identify with being organized. Can circumstances change? Can circumstances throw that plan off? Can you hope that somebody who's organized is maybe married to someone who's a little more spontaneous that can help deal with things when organization gets messed up? Our identities need to be rooted in Christ. Um, If your identity is different than mine, if you want to tell me who you are and it doesn't have to do with being a child of God, you know, you're different than me, and that's your identity, I can't change that for you. That's not my job anyways. If, you're, if you don't agree with me, my job is to love you just the way you are, and you can love me in spite of who I am. My identity is in Christ. I am a child of God first and foremost. Go ahead. You can judge me for the things that you don't like about me, I don't care. You say I'm not good enough. You say I'm not a very good, good father. No, you're not. Andrew, you're not. You know what? You can judge me. That's fine. Because my God is a good, good father. That's who he is. And I'm loved by him. And that's all that matters to me. That's the most important thing. I didn't realize that when I came here to Ten Strike Community Church in 1990. I learned the unconditional love of God and it transformed my life in 32 years. I believe that we struggle as humans with this core issue. Who are you? When we know that we are completely, unconditionally loved by our Father, we can truly live. We can be who God created us to be. We can be who he, exactly who he created us to be. Other people need to know that unconditional love of Christ. Do we live in a lost and fallen world? Do you know some people who don't act like children of God? Do you know some people who maybe are hurting? Do you know people who don't really fit in, or there's something missing. I appreciate that Peter shared this morning about peace. If you know who you are in Christ, there's an indescribable peace that goes beyond understanding. Did you know that God loves the person that you dislike the most? Did somebody come to mind? Don't mention any names, But did you know that God wants you to unconditionally love that person? For me, that was me. I didn't like myself. I had a poor self-image. We'll get into that in just a minute. Without knowing that you are a child of God and the amazing love that the Father has for you, who are you? Knowing who you are helps you not be everything for everybody, I didn't, I, I wanted to fit in. Uh, I was not, I, I was a yes person. I did not know my limits. I couldn't stay in my lane because I didn't know what my lane was. Lanes to me speak of boundaries. That's a whole other subject. I have a tendency to spread myself too thin. Why? Because I have a hard time saying no. Why can't we say no to other people? Why couldn't I? I wanted people to like me, and that was for a lack of self-worth. I wanted to think, and I guess I still struggle with this sometimes, I want to think that I can do that. I can fix it myself. What does that sound like? Pride, a little bit? If I'm committing my time to things that are sacrificing the things that are important to me, like if I'm, you know, spending time at the church instead of spending time with my family where I should be, depending on the situation, because I think I can take care of things, there might be a pride issue there. Okay, so do we have the first picture? I want to talk a little bit about my past. My past was a little blurry I think you can kind of tell what that is, but uh, God was working on me as a small child growing up in my situation. God loved me. God was doing a beautiful thing, but there there were things that were a little out of focus. Things were blurry, dysfunctional. There was abuse and alcohol in my life, but God still had a plan for me. Um, I can help you today. I'm not a doctor, so I don't expect you to take this to a medical professional. I don't have any paperwork, but I did do some self-diagnosis to help you realize who I was and what I still may be struggling with today. I had WMS, which in case you don't know is Wee-Man Syndrome. That's uh, that's a guy who's small and he wants to prove he is tough. Wee-Man Syndrome. I had that. Um, I always wanted to be strong. I was picked on in school. I was the small guy. I had PSI, poor self-image, okay? I had some STM. I was a stereotypical male. I had a hard time expressing my feelings. Sometimes I left my underwear on the floor. I had acute phalophobia. I was afraid of failure. Uh, Don't waste your time trying to look these up. Very hard to find these actual diagnoses that I made up. Um, and hurtful sarcasm was my love language because of the family that I was raised in. It, it was, I came to church mostly with a lot of those things still hanging on me pretty strong. And uh, thank God for my pastor who had to put up with me back then. Um, But then, let's switch to my present. I got another picture here. I'm a child of God, and I can, now that image is a little clearer, but it's kinda just one color. This is me. I'm focused on me, I'm working on myself. I wanna become the child of God that he wants me to be. That's my responsibility. My responsibility isn't to fix you. My responsibility isn't to talk about you and what you should do different. My challenge is to grow as a child of God and work on me. Focus on today. How can I bring today into more focus? What does God have in store? I'm gonna talk about three things real quickly. Condemnation, conviction, and confidence in Christ. Um, Timothy, Any of this sounds familiar to you? Man, the stuff I learned at camp 27-ish years ago. Ugh, good stuff. Thank you. Condemnation says you failed. Therefore, you are a failure. Is that from God? No. That is bad stuff. I dealt with condemnation, Um, and we'll talk about, I'll I'll read it right, well, no, I won't for the sake of the projection guy, I'll save my scriptures for just a minute. Romans chapter 8, 1, we'll get there. Conviction, conviction isn't bad. You failed, something needs to change, okay? Not saying you're a failure, not saying I'm a failure, I made a mistake, what I did failed doesn't mean I'm a failure. It's good to know that. So, I need confidence in Christ. I failed, but I am not a failure. I am victorious in Christ, and I will come out on top. That's a new way of living right there. So, when I was thinking about the word confidence, which out of those three C's, you know, I don't like conviction, but I need conviction. I sure want to run away from condemnation and don't want to put that on anybody else, but confidence. Ooh, I like that word. I just thought of a few scriptures that had to do with confidence, and I mentioned Romans chapter 8, 1. What was transforming to me is the scripture that says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know I'm in Christ Jesus. That means there's no condemnation for me. Hallelujah. That, for me, blew my mind. You mean God's not mad at me? He's not disappointed in me? He loves me even though I failed? Oh, wow. Man, now what? Next verse, Philippians 1, 6, confidence. Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Ah, thank God. He's working on me. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to pretend I'm somebody I'm not. If he doesn't condemn me, he loves me, He's got a plan for me. He's working on me. He's making me better. And you know what? I'm not going to be perfect until I get to heaven. Whew. That takes a load off. I'm just going to take today, one day at a time. I'm going to keep working. And I'm confident that he's working on me. He's, bring, he's making me more complete. He's making me more mature. 2 Corinthians God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, this is Paul talking to the Corinthians, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. 2 Corinthians 12.9, you think I knew I had weaknesses? Absolutely. And what did Paul did? He boasted about his weaknesses. Now, last week, Steve told us to control our meditations. Excellent service. Thank you so much. I wholeheartedly agree that we need to control our meditations. When we speak what we meditate on, it solidifies those thoughts until they become beliefs and actions and a new lifestyle. So, if Pastor Steve was preaching to me 32 years ago that God loves me unconditionally. There's therefore now no condemnation for me. God is working on me, completing me. God's grace is sufficient for me. I would hear those things. They would sink in. I would start to speak those things. I am not condemned. I am not worthless. God has a plan. I don't have to be perfect. I have God's perfection and his righteousness in me. Oh, hallelujah. What good does it do for Christians to walk around in defeat and doubt? That's the opposite, right? If you're not walking in victory, what's the opposite of victory? Defeat, okay? How many of you faced a battle last week? My hand is up, okay? I faced some battles last week, and I got knocked down. Anybody get knocked down? I got knocked down last week, okay? Life throws some things at us doesn't mean I stay on the ground and lay there and oh God is God, God must not like me anymore God is just mad at me and it's, 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 it's got to be my fault right because God is perfect God has a plan life is life you know who else has a plan I said this last time I spoke the devil has a plan for your life I want nothing to do with that he wants to tear me down he wants to make me weak he wants to tell me I'm a failure I don't have time for that and you know, there are th- there's other people that have a free will in life. There's things that happen. God wants me to be victorious. God wants me to show the world that He has a plan for my life, He has a plan for your life, and I'm going to share with you how we can grow together and become more Christ like. But when I have self doubt, it's about my weaknesses that we mentioned. Paul told me I should brag about my weaknesses. I bring it to light often to deal with. I haven't seen anybody do any of this yet. So, but I've been thinking about keeping my gut in. Okay, it's a, it's a weakness, right? Okay, I talked about the ways that I self-diagnosed. Um, Wee Man Syndrome, a small guy that wants to prove he is tough. I would like to report to you today that I have a three-quarter ton pickup, a skid steer, Actually, honestly, two skid steers, but, um, and a dump trailer, okay? I like big, strong stuff. I like moving dirt. I've been playing in dirt since I was a kid. But I don't, you know, it's, I, that's not my identity. That's fun stuff. When I talk about being little or being weak, I joke often sarcastically. Remember, I, I, I grew up with hurtful sarcasm I think I still am a little sarcastic. I just try not to be so hurtful. But, you know, I, I joke about myself a lot. You know, like um, if you know my maintenance supervisor, his name is Skip. He's, you know, six foot three and, you know, almost 300 pounds. He's a macho man, like my dad was. And I like to joke with him about who's stronger and how strong I am. And it's pretty obvious if you look at the two of us you know, who's more capable, I mean, who you'd hire to to carry a log or something big and heavy. But, uh, you know, that, I I, I like, when when you bring that stuff to light, it's kind of freeing. It's kind of like, you know, hey, I know I'm small, um, but I'm joking about it. It's fun. Um, It's not, obviously, not my identity. I'm not broken up about it. Okay? I joke about it. There's things that I ask Skip to do because I can't do those things because I'm not as strong as he is. Okay? Um, Anyways, moving on. Um, I want to target my shortcomings. I want you to know where I'm missing it or where I'm weak or where I've been. A lot of times that can encourage you. Oh, Andrew wears polo shirts, but that... You know, and he's standing in front, and he's got a, you know, wife and kids, and everything looks good on the outside, but he's obviously not perfect, because he's talked to me about some of those things. I know who he is, and you've shared your weaknesses with us. You know, Kathy, thank you for what you shared this morning. Uh, Been a while since I cried in worship. Thanks a lot, by the way. Okay. Uh, It was good worship today. Um, I need help. There are times that I need to grow. There are things that I am lacking in life. But I'm a child of God and I need you to help me. I need you to rub off on me. Maybe there's things that I can't do, that I'm not good at. And I need you as my brother or sister in Christ to uh, take on some things for me. Some ways that you can help make the body of Christ better because I'm not good at certain things and that's okay because I'm a child of God. He's gifted me specifically to do what I do well. Um, You know, I I talk a lot about my poor self-image and the way I was raised. I didn't have a lot of value for myself. And when I can freely share that with you, it takes a weight off my shoulders. I'm not pretending that I feel good about myself all the time. I still struggle. I still have self-doubt. But I want to share that with you. And uh, I've learned some people I shouldn't share things with. But I trust that you're a brother or a sister in Christ. We can talk about it. We can pray about it. We can grow together. Uh, stereotypical male, well, you know, I've got good company here. Um, and, you know, again, thank God for my wife, and she's helping me to learn things that I can do that are better. I'm, I'm uh, learning to be more sensitive. So, I, oh, did I see you, Sarah? So you heard me say that I cried this morning. Okay, mark that down. (laughs) September 28th. Can't remember when the last time was, but uh, I did, I did. It was tough, but it was good, it was good. Getting in the presence of God, just me and God. Uh, Acute phalophobia, okay? Uh, Afraid of failure. Uh, I was raised uh, with a parent who who was a perfectionist. And I appreciate The idea of perfectionism, you know, you want to do an excellent job. Joyce has taught me through working at the church here for many years, we want to be excellent in what we do. We want to give God our very best. It doesn't have to be perfect. And sometimes the way I criticize myself or the way I think, oh, that's not good enough, other people are like, Andrew, you did an amazing job. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I could have done this. I could have done that. That's not very helpful to me, okay? I am not recognizing my gift. You may be recognizing my gift, and if I'm just cutting the feet out from your compliment, number one, you're probably not going to be so complimentary toward me because, believe me, I, I like compliments. I think a lot of us don't mind those, right? But accept it you know thank thank god he's given me the ability to speak if you compliment me on speaking for example or whatever uh thank god you know oh thank you thank you for that compliment uh, you know i'm whatever I, I don't need to say anything see i'm trying to talk my way out of it it's okay you can compliment me it's good it's okay um I'm afraid, I, I, was, I dealt with this fear of failure. Man, Andrew, you're never going to be good enough. You're going to try this, you're going to fail this. And I would, I would make mistakes, I would fail. It's amazing if you think you're going to fail and you say you're going to fail, remember if you say you're a slob, pretty soon you're believing these things. I'm going to fail, I know I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to fail, it's going to be terrible. You're setting yourself up for failure. Okay. Instead of saying, I'm going to do my best. I've, I've been given this job. You know, whether I'm good at it or not, I'm going to do my best. You know, some things I'm good at, I'm going to do my best. And I trust it's going to bless other people. You can fail at things. It doesn't mean you're a failure. And this morning when I was worshiping right there, I didn't care what you thought of me. And boy, is that ever a load off my shoulders. So instead of wanting that approval, I'm a child of God. I'm going to do what I believe he wants me to do, and I'm going to follow that. Hurtful sarcasm, we already talked about that. I try to tell people before we joke, hey, sometimes me and my staff can be a little sarcastic and joking, and what do you think? And usually they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. But still, I need to be aware of the room, not hurt people, and uh, be gentle. Um, So let me just talk really quickly. I want to wrap up about my future. And if we could put up that final picture here we need to realize that we are a part of the family of God now we've got additional color in the picture we're a part of something bigger my life isn't just about me I got to fix me it's my job to let God fix me okay we're working together on me because God has a plan for me and it has to do with you and the body of Christ. And when we can all grow together and realize that we are children of God and we're all doing our parts in the body of Christ, it becomes beautiful. Now it's not just orange. Now it's orange, blue, and yellow. Okay? Different colors. I need you. We need each other. We work together. We are the body of Christ. We need to flow with the Spirit. Pastor Steve talked about that last week. We... Need to uh, operate in the fruits of the Spirit. My wife told me I had to sing this song. So when I was working in kids' church, I wrote a song about the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is, if you want to sing it along, that's fine because you know it because you graduated from kids' church. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Remember that, Kendra? Okay. Fruit of the Spirit. It's, and when I was teaching the kids, I realized this isn't fruit of Andrew. I don't have the patience to deal with the situation I'm in right now. But God wants me to walk in the fruit of the Spirit I need his patience to get me through this situation. I need God's love, God's joy, God's peace, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I need you to be walking in the fruit of the Holy Spirit so we can encourage each other. Um, As we are blessed by God, be careful that we don't get into the other ditch. And uh, if you knew me, 40 years ago, and you saw me today, you'd say, wow, Andrew looks a lot different than he used to be, and you'd, and you'd realize, if you knew me back then, that I'm usually joking when I act all tough, okay, because I'm joking about my wee man syndrome, for example. But we've got to be careful not to get into the other ditch. We, we are not overconfident. We are not prideful. We are not selfish. God has blessed us. We are a child of God. Because of him and what he's doing in us, we are who we are today. Remember where you came from. Show the same grace to others that you were shown. When Steve and Tim knew me 30 years ago, they showed me a lot of grace. I've come a long way. You were a child of God. Walk with your head held high. He has forgiven you. He has a plan for you. Love others with the same love that you received from him. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for who you are to us. We are your children. We need you, Lord, especially today. We need you. We need your people. We need the body of Christ, Lord, and each of us has a part to do. Lord, show us what that next step is. Show us what you want us to do this afternoon. Show us what you want us to do tomorrow and the rest of the week and the rest of the month, and into October, Lord, you've got a great plan, Lord. I'm so thankful, so excited, so grateful for what you have in store for us. Lord, if there's things that you want to work on us today, Lord, we will come forward today after the service for prayer. We're going to deal with it. We're going to work on those little things, Lord. We want to take the next step. And, uh, Thank you that you are patient with us. Thank you for your grace. Bless this food as we fellowship together and be with all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Very good, Andrew. Thank you for opening up and sharing your heart with us. And uh, let's stand up together. I am a child of God. Let's say that together. I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. And we got to sing that song. We sang that this morning, didn't we? See how the Lord orchestrates that? That's what he does. I am a child of God. Something to meditate on today. So if anyone would like prayer, we'll be up here to pray with you. And yes, let's fellowship around the meal together today. Amen. Thanks.